Thoughts and prayers go out to all our fellow hodlers in the state of Louisiana today. As Hurricane Ida bears down on New Orleans, it is certainly a reminder to reassess exactly how we secure our Bitcoin and our private keys. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast Weekend Update Edition. Today is Sunday, August 29th, 2001. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Hurricane Ida is currently lashing the state of Louisiana, coming on shore as a Category 4 hurricane with 150 mile an hour sustained winds. What does this have to do with Bitcoin, you might ask? Well, the common advice on crypto Twitter and Reddit seems to be that the best way to secure your seeds is to engrave them on a metal plate or similar device and bury them in your backyard. If you live on a coastal area and a large percentage of the United States live in an area vulnerable to either flooding and or hurricanes, uh, you know that if there's 30 feet of ocean water sloshing across your city, uh, your backyard and that steel plate might as well be sunken treasure. While no secure storage method is necessarily right for everybody, today is certainly a time to reflect and maybe think long and hard about what exactly the best method is for securing your private seeds. Our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to all our fellow Bitcoiners in the Big Easy and the rest of the southeastern United States being impacted by Hurricane Ida this afternoon. I've personally ridden out more than one hurricane, and I can tell you uh, it can definitely be frightening. Listening to your neighbor's house get disassembled and pieces crashing into your house, uh, your private keys and the security of your 24 seed words is certainly not the top priority on your mind at that time, uh, which is why you need to think about it now, or at least reassess uh, your security plans that you may already have in place. Hopefully it's not too late for you wherever you are. And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to all our Bitcoin friends in the Big Easy. All right, on to other news. I'm starting with the stats. We are currently at a block height of 698,188 and Bitcoin is valued at 49,270 US dollars, which is up $290 since we did our DCA Wednesday episode just a few days ago. However, we're still down about 24% from our all-time high around 64,000. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, you know that one thing I highlight frequently is our 24-hour transaction volume. Our volume is currently at 2.23 transactions per second, and that is unfortunately down from the 3.07 seconds, uh, correction, from the 3.07 transactions per second um, that were uh, recorded during our dollar cost average Wednesday edition. Um, and even down from the 2.89 transactions per second a week prior. Obviously, that's always concerning to me because, as I've repeatedly said, uh, lower volume uh, provides more opportunity for volatility and price manipulation. 
Um, obviously, the less trading that's going on, the easier it is for somebody to move the market in either direction uh, with just one or two big trades. Uh, and speaking of uh, transaction volume, if you listen to rising star young buck Will Clemente, uh, he even recently highlighted his concern, saying that uh, the one thing that keeps him from being 100% confident that we're still in the middle of the bull run is uh, the low transaction volume. Uh, he noted that he'd seen a slight increase in transaction volumes, uh, but other than that, he said it's, quote, pretty much just ghost town. Uh, adding that while we've gotten off the lowest uh, transaction volumes that we recorded a month ago, uh, we still have uh, incredibly low fees, um, and and that uh, fees being a pretty much a proxy for block space demand um, have been continuing to move down. Uh, uh, currently, the mempool shows that there's only 158 transactions uh, pending and that a three Satoshi per byte fee will get your transaction included in the next block. Uh, and I've personally made uh, multiple transactions this month and I have paid one Satoshi per byte um, and all of them have been included uh, within the next block with the exception of one that took three blocks to uh, be included during a particularly uh, high spike in transaction volume for that day. Despite the fact that I like to see a robust transaction per second volume, it doesn't actually mean that um, the number of transactions occurring are at a low or, or declined at all. For example, um, many have pointed out that uh, why would you make a small transaction on chain when the Lightning Network has become so popular and Lightning transactions can be pretty much impossible to account for, especially on private channels. So it's distinctly possible that um, a lot of people have just moved their transactions uh, to the Lightning Network. Um, the other factor that could be influencing this is that the number of hodlers continues to increase and the amount of Bitcoin that has gone into cold storage never to hit the exchanges again uh, continues to increase. Uh, while we've been in this accumulation phase, uh, you would be silly to spend your Bitcoin, in my humble opinion. You used to see people um, harping, you know, spend and replace, spend and replace. Uh, and um, I haven't seen a whole lot of that on Twitter or Reddit recently. And I certainly haven't spent any of my stack. We're mere days away from El Salvador's Bitcoin law taking effect. And uh, that, of course, is going to be mostly conducted on their Lightning wallet, uh, just as Bitcoin Beaches transactions all take place on their local Lightning wallet. So um, hopefully it's just the fact that more people are using Lightning for their day-to-day -day transactions, which is both a boost for privacy uh, and scalability. So uh, again, that's a, that's a good sign. Um, I, for one, am a firm believer in Plan B's stock-to-flow model, and I don't think we're anywhere near the end of this bull run. So um, I think we're in an accumulation phase. And um, I personally think if we were seeing huge transaction volumes, um, that would be an indication that we are near a top. So on the bright side, uh, as long as we don't see too much price manipulation, or if you're hodling uh, and you take advantage of just buying those dips, don't really care if there's a temporary spike, ride that volatility out, um, 
then it's just business as usual, and we will hodl on. Not to mention, we're still at almost $50,000 of Bitcoin. Uh, and compared to a year ago, that ain't bad. All right, we still have a lot of news to go through this weekend. Uh, one thing that uh, was announced last week, but is just starting to really be uh, discussed heavily, was Coinbase's statement that they're finally going to begin to stack. According to their statement, quote, We have committed to invest $500 million of our cash and cash equivalents into a diverse portfolio of crypto assets. Going forward, we will also allocate 10% of quarterly net income into this same portfolio. Coinbase had previously caught a lot of heat for not holding any Bitcoin at all, despite their $4 billion stash of cash. However, many people see this as a blatant attempt to pump altcoins, uh, and they haven't specified exactly what percentage of their basket of quote-unquote cryptos they will be uh, investing in. Uh, I've seen a lot of accusation that uh, this maneuver isn't so much about Bitcoin, as to uh, help take the pressure off of some of the bags from their VCs who are heavily invested in a lot of these altcoins uh, that may or may not otherwise be about worthless. Uh, so uh, while it's good to see that Coinbase will be holding some Bitcoin, uh, I, they're often referred to as the evil empire in crypto. Um, and we all know that Brian Armstrong uh, doesn't have the best track record when it comes to being supporting of when it comes to being a supporter of Bitcoin. Nonetheless, uh, that's one more publicly traded company that will be at least holding some Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Communist Cuba published Resolution 215 on Thursday, stating that they will recognize and regulate Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, stating that their central bank will be responsible for regulating crypto. The popularity of Bitcoin has surged in Cuba in recent months, and with the crackdown on the ability of Cuban citizens to receive U.S. dollars from their family members abroad, you can see that this will probably only increase. While it might seem contradictory that a communist country would allow the use of an alternative currency like Bitcoin in their country, uh, since the collapse of the Soviet Union and then later Venezuela as a supporter of the communist regime, um, their cratering economy has increasingly become reliant upon the receiving of U.S. dollars, euros, and other quote-unquote hard currencies uh, to keep their GDP afloat. In order for the average Cuban citizen to buy the goods and services they need on a daily basis, many of them have been relying on U.S. dollars sent from family members abroad. And of course, uh, the communist government has been siphoning off the U.S. dollars and converting it into pesos, but with the tightening of sanctions against Cuba, those U.S. dollars have been increasingly difficult to come by. And while many rightly point out that the communist regime will benefit from the use of Bitcoin in their country, it will undoubtedly benefit the downtrodden in Cuba vastly more. Bitcoin is, after all, freedom money. Wouldn't it be awesome if Bitcoin is what finally brings freedom to Cuba after more than 50 years of devastating sanctions? Hey, if you find this content useful or entertaining, or if you're just feeling extraordinarily generous, there are a number of ways you can help support me in this podcast. Uh, the most obvious one is if you don't already have Cash App, there is a referral code in the show notes. And if you click on that link and set up a new Cash App account and follow their terms and conditions, 
uh, you'll get five bucks just for trying them out and we'll get five bucks as well. Um, I've written several books, but the one you might know that's most relevant to this podcast is Understanding Bitcoin for Noobs, and that's available on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Obviously, purchasing either of my books would help support the podcast as well. Um, And you can also support the podcast directly through the Anchor.fm website, and they include a support link automatically in the show notes. And last but not least, we also include a Bish32 uh, Bitcoin address in the show notes if you feel like helping us out by contributing Bitcoin. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast Weekend Update Edition. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to join us Wednesday when we continue our DCA Wednesday series. Uh, We've already stacked five times now. We've stacked a total of $100. That's worth a little over $109 now. Um, And we're going to continue that journey on Wednesday and every Wednesday until we uh, either become stinking rich, Bitcoin goes to zero, or you just get bored and stop listening. Once again, thanks for listening and keep stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.